Which Miami Hurricanes players are we buying stock in before this matchup with Virginia? You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host, and thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the LinkedIn College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Locked on College. Terms and conditions apply. Yes, we're still doing the stock report, <laughs> even after this tough loss to Duke, uh, three and four on the season, Saturday against Virginia. It's it's important, guys. I know that now that the Coastal is, you know, pipe drill. Miami's not winning the Coastal, right? Miami may not end up being bowl eligible, but I want to see what this team is made of. I want to see which players are still invested. I want to see if some of the guys who've had some rough weeks recently can snap out of it and bounce out of their struggles. And, you know, we love to do these on Wednesdays. The Stock Report will tell you which Miami Hurricanes players we think have a chance to perform big in this matchup against Virginia. And you know how we do it when we're talking about the Stock Report. We like to buy low, okay? We like to buy low hoping that, you know, the players we choose will do a little bit better this week or a lot better this week than they played last week. Uh, so the first hurricane, we'll start with the offense. Heading into this matchup against UVA, 12.30 p.m. on Saturday in Charlottesville, I am buying stock in Henry Parrish. As much as Miami struggles to run the football, Henry Parrish should be the starter this week. Knighton was the starter last week, but you know, Parrish was just coming back from injury, and with the way Knighton's been playing, Parrish should be the starter. When healthy, he's been Miami's best running back this year. And even in that debacle against Duke, he averaged near 6.6 yards per carry. It was 5.7 yards per carry in that game, and that's behind a, a very banged-up offensive line, which is still banged up, unfortunately. But the Virginia Cavaliers are 11th in the ACC against the run. That's out of 14 teams. They give up 147.7 rushing yards per game. So I'm not telling you I'm expecting Miami to light it up on the ground, but I am telling you I think Henry Parrish, if he's a little bit healthier than last week and gets a little bit more work than he got last week, I am buying stock in Henry Parrish. I think Parrish can have a good game this week, especially against that rushing defense. And on that note, tell me if I'm crazy. You can leave me a comment. Uh, our Twitter is always open. The show Twitter at Locked on Canes. If you tweet us, we may read your tweets on the show. If you follow us, we will follow you back. Tell me if I'm crazy in saying I'm going to buy some stock in Thad Franklin. This seems like a weird time to do that, but we like to buy low. Okay. Just for the heck of it, I'm buying some Thaddeus Franklin stock because coming off a game where he had zero snaps last week, his stock has never been lower. We might as well pick some up. Now, I have a feeling with Franklin, maybe there's something going on behind the scenes where, I don't know, they don't like the way he's practicing, or maybe he's in a doghouse of some of these coaches. I don't know what's going on with Thad. The fact that he got zero snaps last week, it made me wonder if he's injured, but supposedly he's healthy. He's not supposedly injured. So I'm going to load up on a little bit of Thad Franklin stock just in case, because guess what? I, I think Thad can play. 
doesn't always run like a 240 pounder should, but he's always had a high yard per carry. And when you've got a 240 pound guy, you don't think you could use him in short yardage. So I'm buying some. I'll tell you who I'm buying stock in. And if you disagree with me, I think you're wrong. I am buying Jake Garcia stock this week. Coming off the worst moment of his short college career. He's never faced that kind of adversity at the U, uh, you know, based on the high school teams he played for and how good he was in high school. I don't know how much adversity Jake actually faced at high school because he was lighting it up no matter what school or what state he was playing in. Garcia was lighting up. But, you know, prior to that Duke game where he didn't play well, but before Duke, Jake Garcia this season was 19 for 21 for 272 yards, zero interceptions. He's probably not as good as his best performance this season, but I also don't think he's as bad as his worst, and that was Duke. Now, Virginia actually does have a top-four passing defense in the ACC. They give up just 202 passing yards per game, so it's not going to be easy. But I know, guys, the version of Jake Garcia we saw against Duke, I know he can be better because I've seen him play better than that. And a full week to prepare as a starter, he's not Tyler. He's not TVD, but I believe we're going to see a better version of Jake Garcia than we saw last Saturday, and hopefully it's closer to the one that we've seen at previous times this year where not only was this guy not throwing interceptions, he really wasn't throwing incomplete passes, period. So hopefully Jake Garcia can trend up this week. I'm still loading up, guys. I'm buying stock in Colby Young. I am. What did we tell you last week? I did tell you last week I was hesitant to buy Colby Young stock because he keeps playing so well. I don't know how much higher that one can get, but you know what? Colby has showed us throughout this year that no matter how much his stock soars, it can keep going higher. He has put up better numbers in each of the past three games since he burst on the scene. And even last week with the drop-off from Tyler Van Dyke to Jake Garcia, Young still managed to catch a 71-yard touchdown from Jake, and he still managed to put up big numbers, 127 receiving yards, two touchdowns. He scored the 71-yarder, and a lot of that, by the way, it was, it was a good throw, a fine throw by Garcia, but that touchdown happened because of his ability to walk the tightrope and not step out of bounds, and there was a big run after the catch. Colby Young is the real deal. Um, you know, he's put up big numbers the last two weeks. Would not surprise me if he puts up as big or even bigger numbers this week. That's how much I believe in Colby Young. I am still buying, okay? And guess what? Colby Young might be one of the reasons Miami can keep this game competitive this weekend and maybe even win it, maybe even win it on the road in Charlottesville. So that does it for the offense. On the defensive side of the football, um, I definitely need to buy some stock in defensive players this week because Virginia's offense, thankfully for us, isn't very good. They're 13th in the conference in scoring offense. Again, out of 14, 13th out of 14 in the ACC. They scored just 17.6 points per game. They're ahead of only Virginia Tech in scoring, who Miami did beat this year. Uh, Virginia has got the 11th ranked total offense in terms of yardage. They get just 364 yards of offense per game. Uh, and if I look at some of the stats and the issues that Brennan Armstrong has had, their quarterback, and wow, did he fall off. I mean, this guy was all world last year. I don't know what happened this year. But I'm buying stock in Cam Kinchins in the Miami secondary. Because if you're looking for interceptions, they usually wind up in Kinchins' hands. He's the ACC co-leader on the year with three interceptions. 
The matchup is favorable. UVA quarterback Brandon Armstrong leads the conference with nine interceptions thrown this year. I would love also for this to be a James Williams bounce back game. Uh, I just, I don't necessarily feel comfortable enough buying James Williams stock based on his recent performances, but I'm definitely buying some Cam Kinchin stock. Uh, He's not been perfect in coverage this year, but he's usually the guy who reads the quarterback's eyes, right place, right time to grab the INTs. Armstrong throws a lot of them. I think Miami can get an interception or two in this game. So watch out for Cam Kinchins to be one of the guys who grabs one today. So I am buying stock. I'm definitely buying big time Akeem Mesidor stock this week. Virginia is among the worst in the nation at protecting their quarterback. They give up three sacks per game. Mesidor is tied for 20th in the country in sacks this year. So I am buying. Uh, and I'll stick with the defensive line. These are guys who can obviously pressure the quarterback and be instrumental in stopping the run as well. Let's buy some Leonard Taylor and Daryl Jackson stock, shall we? Virginia is 11th in the ACC in rushing at just 133 yards per game. For reference, they are only three yards per game better than Miami's crap running offense. Okay, so if you're like, well, Miami can't run the ball, Virginia only averages three more yards on the ground per game than Miami, and Miami's rushing defense is one of the best in the country. Okay, so uh, I'm definitely buying some stock in our top defensive tackles, Leonard Taylor and Daryl Jackson. My goodness, we have a lot more to come on this episode of Locked on Canes. And remember, guys, when we do the stock report, uh, we try to buy low and buy smart. And I will mention, this is not real financial advice because these are not real stocks, right? You know, we're not like your Uncle Louie down the block. Come here, kid. Come here. You need to buy some stock. I don't know if you've heard of this one. Microsoft. You know, they make these boxes, these X boxes. The kids are playing video games right there on the box. I don't know how it works, but Microsoft makes them. I think they make uh, they make software, too. You want to get in on this one while it's hot. Thanks, Uncle Louie. I'd never heard of Microsoft. All right, so we try we try to buy low, sell high. Uh, there's obviously been a lot of Canes players you guys have been panic selling on, but that will do it for the Wednesday stock report. We're going to talk about the faith that America is putting on Miami and Florida State to deliver in prime time. Uh, and we're also, we're going to talk about the biggest thing that Virginia is going to teach us about Miami this week. What are we going to learn about these Canes based on how they play in a tough place to play, but against another really bad, and Virginia is a lot worse than Duke, by the way, right? I mean, yeah, I losing to Duke at home, I know it's a meme and I know it's terrible, uh, Virginia is worse than Duke, a little bit better than Virginia Tech. So we're going to learn a lot about the Miami Hurricanes this coming Saturday. I learn a lot every time I log on to LinkedIn. And guys, if you're a small business owner and you're trying to hire folks, get on this, guys. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. You add your job and the purple hiring hashtag frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. And believe me, people will notice it and they'll come seeking out your opportunities. Then simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. 
I'm not a small business owner, but I have gotten jobs as a job seeker through LinkedIn. So I know how this works on the other side of it, guys. And if you are a business owner, this is going to work for you. I promise. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. You see they're, uh, they're making Miami and Florida State, which is November 5th. So we got to get through Virginia first. Then we'll get to the Florida State game. But November 5th, 7.30 p.m. kickoff from Hard Rock Stadium on ABC. The nation, maybe the world, will be watching one of the great rivalries in college football, Miami and Florida State. You know, 7.30 p.m. on ABC. Uh, I'm relieved they didn't make this a 9 a.m. game on Comedy Central with the way the Canes have been playing and Florida State's on a three-game losing skid themselves. But... My guys, Canes, please do not embarrass us on national TV, please. Uh, you never know. And guys, it's hard for me to predict how good or how terrible Miami's going to look against Florida State. We've got to get through UVA first because this UVA game is going to kind of tell us uh, what the tone of the team is right now. Like, are these guys just going to throw in the towel on the season or are they going to try to fight to salvage some pride in the final five games? We're going to learn a lot about that in the UVA game. So I can't possibly handicap like how bad Miami's going to be in the Florida State game before we get through the Virginia game. Uh, obviously, Florida State, you know, they're in the tougher side of the ACC. So they've lost some tough conference games, three-game losing skid for them. They've, they've looked better than Miami this year, no question. And they're going to be favored in that game against Miami. So they're, they're the team that should win. Now, the shoe was on the other foot last year. Like last year, Miami went into Tallahassee looking like the far better team at that point. And Florida State was, you know, one of the embarrassments of college football at that point, And they still found a way to beat Miami. Hopefully the shoe can be on the other foot this week, but that's going to be a primetime game. Uh, so, you know, I'm wondering how Miami's going to respond from Duke at Virginia this week. I'm relieved it's a road game in a weird way. Uh, Miami's two worst performances of the season have been home. And I think when you play that poorly at home and you've got the vibes of like, obviously it's not a whole lot of people there. And I'm not even like, I'm not calling you guys out for the empty seats. That's not what I'm doing here. Uh, listen, the team's awful. You make your decisions, how to spend your money, however you want to. But like these guys are playing at home. There's not many people there. Um, you're playing so poorly in your building. You're getting booed by your own fans. The vibes are just off. Sometimes you just need a road trip. Like sometimes it's just better to go in, you know, to try to spoil the party for the opposing fans. Because as bad as Virginia has been this year, Virginia looks at this game, their fans, and they're like, we can win this one. <laughs> Miami's been in such disarray. We can win this game. That's the way they're looking at Miami. But I think when you're playing this poorly at home, Sometimes it's better just to go on the road and it's like a retreat, right? You got the whole team flight. You've got, you know, hotels and, and roommates and meetings and curfews and all that, which you do have at home as well. But it's a little bit easier to, to skirt those things when you're at home. So I think the change of environment might actually do Miami well this week. But I want to see how they respond because the Hurricanes, you know, uh, they were just completely hapless against Middle Tennessee. But then, you know, 
they at least bounce back with some toughness and perseverance against North Carolina. Like attitude wise, they bounce back. Uh, Miami now completely lost the plot against the Duke Blue Devils. So we're going to see if they give up against Virginia or will they fight? And I am going to be taking notice of a couple things. Which players on the field look like they are giving maximum effort? Are we going to see James Williams, for example, who tackles like a mannequin in recent weeks, like all torso, no arms in re you know, Kevin Steele even talked about it on Monday. Like we try, we teach our guys how to tackle. We teach them all the same way. You've got to wrap up. James is not doing that. And it's not looking like he's playing with great effort. Um, I don't know if Jalen Knighton is going to see a diminished workload this week because of how many times he's fumbled, or if they just feel like we're so thin at running back, we still have to keep using this guy. But if and when Knighton gets on the field, I want to see how he responds because he's been down bad this year. I want to see how that offensive line responds because they've been decimated by injury, but they need to show more heart and more physicality. So I want to see which players are giving maximum effort and which ones look like they've checked out because that's going to give us an idea, you know, which underclassmen might hit the portal. I think we're going to have a better idea of that based on the way that these guys play against UVA. Um, here's something that you guys are going to laugh at. Yeah, the Hurricanes are favored. <laughs> they are favored on the road at Charlottesville. The line opened up at minus two, Miami minus two on the road. And then the money was coming in on Miami. The, the line opened at minus two and then it grew to minus two and a half. So despite the fact that the Hurricanes are 0 and 6 against the spread this year, the money is still coming in on Miami and the odds makers are still opening up the lines in Miami's favor. And believe it or not, from a logical standpoint, now, this team has defied logic this year, but from a logical standpoint, I can understand as a, a bit of a betting enthusiast, I can understand why Miami is favored because even with a backup quarterback, they're the far better team on paper. And Virginia's weaknesses on offense play right into Miami's strengths, like the pass rush and the fact that Miami has the second best rushing defense in the ACC. They're behind only Clemson in that category. Uh, but the reasons why... The Miami Hurricanes always make Vegas look stupid this year because, again, they're owing. Well, listen, Vegas is making money either way, all right? But the fact that they haven't covered a single spread, it makes it look like these handicappers don't know what they're doing, and it makes it look like all the betters, all the wise guys don't know what they're doing. The reason why the Hurricanes always make Vegas look stupid is because, folks, it's hard to handicap the different ways that Miami finds ways to lose. Like, Handicapping is based so much on logic and on what you did last week. Uh, and there's like, there's no logic to predict an eight turnover game. Like that's just, it's illogical. Like handicappers aren't thinking like, you know what? Miami is a lot better than Duke, but what if they turn it over eight times? Like just, we, we hadn't seen evidence that something like that was going to happen, right? There was no logic a couple weeks ago and they did beat Virginia Tech, but they didn't cover. There was no logic to predict hey, this, they're going to be the far better team, but it's going to be close because they're going to commit 17 penalties for 159 yards. They were one of the least penalized teams in the country, so there's no logic to that. So this is why Vegas has gotten it so wrong on Miami throughout the year is because, you know, Miami seems to, uh, they've had a lot of advantages on the field against most of the teams that they've faced so far, but they just find these weird, unexpected ways to implode in games. 
And it's why they've been such a tough nut to crack so far this season. Mario Cristobal was asked a, a very interesting question this week. And it, it makes me wonder, um, a lot of these negative narratives now, is it my fault? Is it the media's fault? Um, I want to get into a discussion about that when we come back, folks. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked on Sports today. For the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, on YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Folks, I uh, I live in South Florida, and I'm a dude, so I sweat a lot. And I think I sweat more than the average dude and you know sometimes i've got to do play-by-play on tv and i'm wearing a suit all day under the hot lights and i used to get these embarrassing pit stains i was able to solve this problem with sweat block sweat block changed the game for me sweat block was created by a doctor to help with his own excessive sweating it's a doctor created and doctor recommended product and folks I know not all of you listening to this and watching this are South Floridians, but chances are wherever you live, you've got a really hot summer. In the case of South Floridians, it's just hot, hot, hot and humid, humid, humid. And you don't want to be having those pit stains that even your expensive deodorant can't cover up. I'm telling you, if you if you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try Sweatblock. Save 20% with promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. And it's also available on Amazon. Thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen today. We are part of the awesome Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I'm trying so hard to stay positive through these hard times. I hope we can at least get a win. I don't care if it's a one point. I don't care if it's like a three to two game where you score a field goal. They get a safety like three to two soccer score. I will take any W I can get this weekend. I just want some kind of a positive vibe in my life. And also, um, you know, I want to get to a point because I remember before the season started. Kane's Twitter was like arguing with other fan bases. Right. But now it's gotten so bad. We're just arguing with each other. And I, I don't like it, man. I don't like the family squabbles. I don't like the civil wars within the fan base. I just want this program to start winning again so we can start trash talking Gator fans instead of trash talking each other. I just want to get to that point again. Uh, so Mario Cristobal, by the way, he was asked, and this is obviously this is a difficult question for him to answer because he's in the moment right now. Like they're they're trying to focus on Virginia, but then he also gets asked, how long will it take to establish the mentality and the culture that he wants? Okay, how long will it take to fix Miami? And Cristobal said, "quote Every place is different. How long it takes depends on what the starting point is." Changes take place because things have gone really well or not gone well. So there's a change. We're doing everything we need in order to lay the foundation, he said. Uh, so, you know, I've talked a lot this week about program building, about the demolition that the program is under right now and why, even though things are really, really bad right now, I do have faith that we have the right man in place, that being Mario, to fix it. And I'm not saying every single assistant coach and coordinator is necessarily the right guy. Uh, hopefully, if the offseason calls for adjustments and tweaks to the coaching staff, I trust he's going to be able to make those. Uh, because, yes, this has not been – I was going to say it's not been perfect this year. Far from it. It's been an F. F. 
That's the letter grade that I give to this team so far this season. I don't know how you can give it anything better than an F. So I still think Miami should be doing better than this, better than they've been playing this year. However, um, you know, people ask me all the time, like, how come this first-year coach and that first-year coach are doing really well and our first-year coach isn't? Um, like Mario articulated there, every situation is different. Like, you can't just look at a Lincoln Riley at USC or – Oh, and, and we get this one a lot, Dan Lanning at Oregon. Like, you can't compare those situations directly to this one. Every situation is different. And Oregon is the worst possible example to try to compare Miami to. That's not a rebuild. Like, Mario came to a Miami program that was, you know, struggling and fledgling, and he's trying to rebuild it. Uh, Dan Lanning, and this is not to take anything away. He's doing a great job there. Like I'm not taking anything away from, from the work that the Oregon coaches are doing. They're doing a fantastic job, but that's not, that's the opposite of a rebuild like Oregon in 2021, which was Mario's final full recruiting cycle. There literally brought in the best recruiting class in the history of Oregon football. (laughs) You know, those guys are, are sophomores now, redshirt freshmen and sophomores, the best recruiting class in the history of Oregon. And that team was either winning or competing for Pac-12 titles the last few years. Like, that's not a rebuild. Like, you know, I, how can anyone look at Lanning taking over an Oregon team that lost in the Pac-12 championship game last year versus Mario coming into a team that's never won the – well, hasn't won the Coastal in, in five years? Like, it's not the same situation. It's stupid to try to compare those two. now. I will say that it is really tough. You know, we talk about not all situations being equal. Um, It is really tough watching uh, Mike Elko, first-year head coach at Duke, having a better season right now than Mario at Miami. I don't really have an excuse or an explanation for that. (laughs) Like, I don't. Like, that. that's awful. Like, that looks bad. We just lost straight up to Duke at home with a first-year head coach who's never even been a head coach before. So there's no sugarcoating that one, right? You know, just because I I defend the coaching staff and I have hope for the future doesn't mean I think everything's great. Like, it's not great right now. I just, what am I supposed to do? Patience is all that I have. Time is all I have right now. Um, So, you know, you talk about 10 and 2 type of predictions, uh, and I want to get into more of this on tomorrow's episode. Uh, but like all the ten, and I made a ten and two preseason prediction. By the way, a lot of you were nine and three, ten and two, going to win the coastal this year. Um, Mario Cristobal said it. He was actually, I'm taking this a little bit out of context because he was asked about recruiting and like how do you sell the process to recruits. He said, "Quote: I think you guys, you guys being the media, try to affect it more than anything. We have from day one made it very clear." that what we're here to do and what we're here to build. Our history has shown that we don't sell a dream. We don't sell any false hope. We sell the reality of a track record and what we've done, where we've been and how we've done it. And yes, to be fair, you know, I've covered just about every press conference Mario has done since the preseason. I don't recall him ever making any guarantees about how successful the team would be in year one. He did praise some of his players. Sure, I think he referred to Tyler Van Dyke as uh, the best or one of the best quarterbacks in the country. I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that after the year that Tyler had last year. Uh, But as far as win-loss predictions, like for for me picking them 10-2, and for a lot of you guys being 9-3, and we sure as hell didn't get one of those from Mario. Like Mario never said before the season, yeah, you know, 10 wins. Yeah, that's what we're going to do this year. We're going to play in the ACs. Like we never got that from him. So you can obviously argue that, uh, you know, 
he is here to, to build and to rebuild the program. Like, I, I don't think when he was hired, they were like, oh, Mario, by the way, we're, we're going to give you all this money. We need to make sure you're, you know, in a, in a New Year's Six bowl game year one. Like, that wasn't part of the deal. They knew it was going to be a long, long process to get this going, okay? Uh, at the same time, I'm sure that, you know, behind closed doors, the administration would say, yeah, this year, this is not good enough. Right. But he deserves the time to, to get this on the right track. So we'll talk more about that throughout the rest of the week. Want to send a huge shout out to you guys for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. For your next listen, check out the Locked on Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps and the take of the day. I love that. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. We're going to be joined, uh, I think, on tomorrow's episode. I think we have this confirmed. Rashad Butler, former Miami Hurricanes offensive tackle. He does not pull any punches. So I cannot wait to get down to business with Rashad Butler when we'll talk to you guys next year on Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.